All right. Welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark, the number one stock market show on Spotify and one of the most popular market updates on YouTube. In the show, we talk about what's happening in the markets and how we're trading them. Now, today is Wednesday, September 13th. Stocks react to worse than expected CPI data. Will the Fed need to raise rates again? Did Apple wow or flop at yesterday's event? Airline stocks getting hammered. We'll look at why. Plus, is GM in trouble? And of course, we'll review our open wheel strategy trades. Now, as you can see, there's a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead and get started. Now, if this is your first time here, my name is Mark Hodge. I'm head coach at Rockwell Trading. And today I'll be running the show by myself so we could call it Coffee with Mark. Now, I promise that you're in good hands and you could say we have a ton of trading experience here at Rockwell. We know our stuff. We're not afraid to tell it like it is. So if you're looking for some honest insight into the world of trading, then you are at the right place. Now, before we dive in and show you our trades, how we're tackling these crazy markets, let's see what's moving the markets today. And here we'll go to the S&P 500. Yesterday, the S&P 500 finishing lower, down 0.6%. We have the 50-day moving average here. So after back-to-back -back wins, that two-day win streak is snapped. And today, markets are a little bit higher, trying to find some direction and trying to figure out what to do with this CPI data. So let's go over here to the economic calendar and PowerX Optimizer. And we see that core CPI for the month came in at 0.3%. This was a tick higher than expected. That's not good news. CPI coming in in line with expectations at 0.6%. Year over year CPI data coming in a tick higher at 3.7%. All in all, this isn't good news. It's not as bullish as traders had hoped for, uh, but it's not that bad. Because the the Fed does expect some fluctuation here. And the the real sticky points right now is the, the cost of uh, energy, which would be crude oil increases, and also uh, housing, right? And, and so right now, this seems to be a little bit of an issue. This is something that traders and investors are, are definitely taking into consideration. If we look at the five-minute chart of the E-mini S&P, so we could see what was going on pre-market. Let's uh, switch over here and make that chart look a little prettier. There we go. So, I mean, this actually a perfect example of what typically happens when you have a major report. This is overnight trading and uh, Asian session down barely. European session uh, coming right back up. So even overseas, not a whole lot of movement. And then this is the initial reaction to that tick higher and higher inflation uh, negative and then bouncing right back and then pulling right back and then uh, rallying and then pulling right back and then rallying. <laughs> uh, traders trying to figure out what the heck do we do with this information? Um, this is what the chart looks like if we eliminate overnight trading and we see that strong chart, uh, start to the day, a pullback to go negative. And now sitting at session highs. So even though inflation uh, and C the CPI report wasn't as nice as traders had hoped for, they're, they're shaking it off. They're, they're thinking, okay, maybe it's not as bad and uh, that things 
things are okay, even though there was a higher reading. If we look at the CME FedWatch tool here, we could see if this changed anything here, and, and it didn't. So next week, the Fed will have their two-day policy statement meeting or their two-day policy meeting and wrapping it up on Wednesday with a Fed statement press conference and a rate decision there. Here we see that the probability of a hike right now, 3%, probability of no change, 97%. So traders are basically pricing in the fact that the Fed is not expected to do anything uh, at the meeting interest rate wise. And if we look at the probabilities for future hikes, it, it's still pointing to some mixed opinions on whether or not the Fed will raise another quarter point. Uh, but even with this tick higher reading and CPI data, this hasn't changed much. In fact, I think that this actually has improved uh, for the, the, the probability that the Fed will keep rates the same. We see here that based on Fed funds futures, that's what uh, investors believe. And is there potentially another hike? Yes, but traders believe that the no hike and, and this being the end of uh, a rate hiking campaign, at least based on the data that we have now is most likely. So we'll see what the Fed has to say. Now, there is one more report that we should keep an eye on, and that is tomorrow's PPI data. So the producer price index this coming out an hour before markets open up tomorrow, high impact report. And maybe there's some uh, another surprise or, or better news there with PPI. That's also going to be something that the Fed takes into consideration. But at least based on what traders are telling us, looking at the indices, traders are, are shaking off that higher reading and, and saying, you know what? This is a positive for the market and probably uh, expecting that the Fed, that not enough of a change for the Fed to raise rates or, or to continue to do so. It's one data point, though. We'll see what the Fed has to say next week, and we'll also see what PPI data shows tomorrow. Now, let's take a look at the heat map here in PowerX Optimizer, see what's going on in the overall market, and let's look at the S&P 500. Uh, kind of mixed here you know there is definitely some green uh but right now there's there's still that indecision so microsoft up almost a percent nvidia up one percent oracle getting a little bit of a bounce up 0.8 percent google flat but positive meta up over one percent amazon up two percent tesla up two percent so some of the big names are higher apple down apple down let's take a look at apple and uh if we Go to Apple's chart here. Yesterday was the main event for Apple where they unveiled their iPhone 15. And yesterday, Apple finished lower by 1.7%. So they did not wow you. Did they flop? Well, we're getting right back down to the support level. I don't know about that. But investors, no real surprises, shocks, or, or things to get super excited about based on yesterday's event. They uh, expected a shift to USB-C charging standard. Uh, also, they offered their titanium in case uh, version of their iPhone, uh, better cameras and faster processors. That was pretty much expected. So without any real surprises, 
Yeah, and investors are kind of shaking this off. Not super excited. Down 0.7% today with the overall market slightly positive, um, but finding some support here. Now, looking at the wheel scanner, we do see that the 172.50 put is available. This would give you 33% annualized. And yeah, if you like this trade as a, an opportunity to potentially buy shares at 172.50, might be decent, although... Looking at this bigger run-up, I usually prefer uh, some stronger support. But, hey, not a bad trade if you like Apple and you are thinking about 175. Why not sell puts at 172.50, get some premium, and if it drops, have an opportunity to buy shares there. So uh, moving on, let's let's take a look at a few other movers. And let's actually... Well, let's look at airlines here. So American Airlines, airlines right now getting hammered. American Airlines down 4%. Now, this comes after American lowered their third quarter guidance, their earnings guidance, saying that they're going to have some issues because of higher fuel prices and costs from a new labor agreement. So that labor agreement and also uh, combining the uh, higher uh, energy costs that we're seeing, that's going to put a damper on their third quarter earnings and uh, investors uh, selling uh, American taking a, a 4% hit. Now, we could look at everything else in the airline industry here. UAL down 2.4%. So some investors thinking, hey, maybe this isn't isolated to just Americans, something that we might need to uh, deal with. If we are uh, investing in airlines, we could look at Southwest. Here, Southwest also lower. Southwest 1.7% uh, down for the day. We could look at Alaska Airlines, ALK. And ALK here we go, down 1.6%. So that news from American just kind of sending airlines down across the board with investors worried and uh, about the, the impact of higher crude oil and uh, energy costs. And we could take a look at crude oil. Crude oil up 0.5% today. So continuing its move higher, this would be the fourth consecutive uh, winning day for crude oil. Getting above $89 a barrel and putting us at levels we haven't seen since November. So right now, although the move isn't as uh, significant as it was yesterday, no uh, no uh, a pullback inside, at least for the time being, as crude oil continues to march higher. Now let's go ahead and go back to PowerX Optimizer. Let's uh, take a look at GM. So Marcus is in general motors or he actually has sold puts on general motors uh, it's the 32 put that he sold expiring on friday now i know that he had uh mentioned in uh, an email that we send out that the labor agreement could impact gm the most and should he be concerned should he be worried well there's still some premium priced into these options here 
And what does that mean? Well, the 3250 strike is available based on our scanner and our settings. And this means that we could get 30% annualized based on the premium collected and the time to expiration. And that's a decent ways away from where we're trading right now, around $34 a share. So traders who trade options are pricing in uh, some movement here. In fact, we could take a look at, here's our um, expected move for this Friday. And based on options prices, uh, it's expected that a 68%, let's just round it to 70 to make it simple, 70%, it's it's based on one standard deviation, but let, let's just keep it simple. So 70% chance we're going to stay between $35 and let's just round it to $33. So within this range, a buck higher, a buck lower based on options prices. Now that means essentially if uh, 70% probability that we'll stay within these values, and that means that there's an 85% chance in theory that we'll stay above 33 uh, going back or uh, going to, to Friday based on these uh, probabilities and the expected move. So right now, even though there's some premium at 3250, the 32 looks to be pretty pretty decent at this point. So it does look like Marcus will not get assigned unless there's some news. And that's the thing. There, there's some uh, premium priced in here because there is outstanding news. This is something that could impact the price of the stock. But Marcus has decided, you know what, at $32, he's comfortable owning shares of this company, even though there is this labor ag uh, agreement talks uh, in the works and that there is something that could potentially uh, affect the or impact the price of GM. And, you know, we'll just have to, to see. But this is similar to the situation with UPS, right, because UPS basically the there was uh commentary from the CEO yesterday uh, about uh, an agreement uh, with the increase of prices and uh, that potential impact on future profits sent UPS lower. Now, I'm still comfortable with my 165 strike. Was this something, you know, did I want this to drop down to 156? No, but I believe that in spite of that news, that's short-lived, that's temporary. And now that, that data is out, we're most likely to see a pause here. And then I believe we'll drift back up towards these higher levels because we see where UPS has been and we see that there's some strong support here and it's holding up. So what's likely is even if there's a catalyst to move the stock, if a strong support's broken and you have previous support that holds up, then there's a tendency to drift back towards those support levels that were broken, which now could act as resistance. And that would be perfect for me. If we get back up to 167.50, 170, then my 165 shares are going to be just fine. Uh, we are down a little bit. Uh, you know, all things considered in UPS, let's look at this. We're down 5%. Yeah, that, that's kind of a, a, a normal uh, amount if we get assigned and, and we're not able to sell calls in the first week. So, this is within expectations, even with that news that came out yesterday. Now, looking at other trades that we are in, let's look at ALB. So both Marcus and I, we sold the 180 put for this Friday, 
And right now, the 180 put is still available. The stock's trading around 185 a share. And that 180 put is a level that we both feel comfortable owning ALB at. After this uh, further decline, when we got assigned at 190, uh, let this go, made some nice money on it. Then another pullback, the support being this recent low, but we also have some lower support as well. I still like this uh, company. The fundamentals look good and it's a dividend aristocrat. Uh, so yeah, it could attract some other investor attention at these levels. 180 works for me. Otherwise, if we stay above 180, then those puts expire worthless. So that's a trade that we are currently in. And you know that CSIQ and uh, what we do in this channel is we keep it real, <laughs> for a lack of better words. I mean, this is where there's going to be some good, there's going to be some bad. Uh, is this one that uh, I regret selling 35 puts on? No, because that is how trading goes sometimes, right? I And this is why it's important when you're putting on a trade, especially when you're selling wheel uh, or you're trading the wheel strategy, starting off by selling puts. I find that too many traders get blinded by premium where they look at the premium that's available uh, for a particular strike and they go, oh my gosh, this is so much money. How could I not take this trade without thinking through the different scenarios and the outcome if the put doesn't expire worthless, right? Just because of how options are priced, uh, when we sell an out-of-the-money put, just based on pricing and, and how trading works, it's likely that that put's going to expire worthless or we could buy it back for a nice win. So that means that most of our trades are winners without ever getting a sign. Now, this is where I, we have to do our due diligence. Is this a company that we want to own? And, and running through, looking at the financials, looking at a PE ratio, looking at net income, getting a better feel for what this company uh, potentially looks like fundamentally helps us decide is, yeah, this is something that we'd like to own. And then does this strike make sense? In the moment, at the time, this made sense. We actually sold the 35 uh, multiple times, made some money on this before. And then we got caught up in this slide. So yeah, this is one I'm probably going to be in for a couple of months, but it's also holding up at these support levels. I do believe that this is more of an exaggerated move. And I believe that time is in our favor. Time is on our side because some of the concerns over uh, solar, I believe, will be alleviated with the Fed. Uh, uh, keeping rates the same and talking about lowering rates because we know that people don't pay cash for solar, right? And there could be improvements to to you know solar as well. There could be other things that that actually help CSIQ and uh, CSIQ, in my opinion, is the best of the solar group. So uh, sure, I'm not happy that we're down from 35 down to 27, but. I believe that time is on our side. Marcus is in this one as well. Now, speaking of time on our side, NEE looking great. So this was one where we got assigned, we got paid a dividend. Everything is looking decent on this one, but it dropped just outside of call selling territory. So not really ideal for the wheel strategy. When we trade the wheel, the first steps to sell puts, and then if we get assigned, the next steps to sell calls. Because of 
this being a lower volatility stock, it just wasn't possible to sell calls when we were trading at these lower levels. But NEE, one, two, three, four days in a row higher and now working on its fifth consecutive winning day. Trading at 68.18. Marcus and I both own shares at 69.50. We got some nice premium up front. I think I got 60 cents on the original entry. Uh, and then I got a dividend. This hasn't been paid yet because the payable date is Friday, but uh, I'm entitled to a, a 47 cent dividend. My break even on this one right now is 68.65 and it's trading at 68.18. So this one's working out okay. Keeping an eye on calls, I believe we're going to have to get back up towards 69 because it's a lower volatility stock uh, before we can sell calls. But this one uh, was a little bit of a pain and now looking to set up quite nicely for us. I think we're just a couple days away from selling calls. Just want to see this win streak continue. All right. And then there's PNC. PNC getting a nice boost yesterday. Starting great today, although it's pulled back just a little bit. Down 0.3%. Yesterday, 5.8% higher. This came. This move came after the company CEO at a Barclays financial conference said that PNC expects cost savings to benefit their numbers. And this is actually working in the stock's favor. So nice, nice run up yesterday. And I think that let's just see if there, there were some other headlines here. Um, I, I thought that here we see. So PNC financial jumps after CEO says bank doing better than expected on total deposits. That that sums it up. So getting back into this range, I want to see a move back up towards 136. It looks like we hit that 50-day moving average and paused, but three consecutive winning days in a row, maybe a fourth. We'll see. And loving yesterday's move higher. Now that's going to do it for today's stock market update. Keep an eye on tomorrow's PPI report before the market's open. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. Give it a like. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. We like it. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. And until tomorrow, happy trading, everybody.